Let's talk Connection Podcast Network listeners. We're back behind the connection for episode 10. I'm JT. On this podcast, I sit down with friends and family and acquaintances and others out there in the podcast world to chat about wrestling fandom and other facets of growing up and discovering themselves. And we watch them wrestling along the way. This is me sitting in the basement. And my guest tonight is one of my best friends in the world. You may know him from his uh, impressive Courtney Cox impersonation on this past year's PlayStation podcast Christmas special. That is my good friend, Mr. Steve Willie. Steve, how are you? Oh, I completely forgot about that already. Courtney, did you oh. forget? It was such an amazing turn. <laughs> who would have thought that that impression would have resurrected the career of Courtney Cox, who is like everywhere right now? She's got a new <laughs> show. She got Scream. You know, she finally broke out of Arquette's shadow in that play, and that did it. <laughs> I'm in the basement too, though. My, I'm at a table of old Legos just thrown all over the place. And then my little tiny corner of the bay of it with a computer and the uh, uh, sound cushioning. So I appreciate I don't the visual. Sound. I like the picture where my friends are while we talk. Yeah. I'm just laying on the couch, um, but I'm ready to, to talk to you. I'm ready to watch some wrestling like we do here on this show. We watch it, but we don't really talk about it. That's what I've learned across nine episodes so far. Uh, poor Tim Capel tried to, tried to talk Spring Break Nitro, and I kept pushing him away from it last episode. But um, So I'm excited to have you here. We've, we've tried to get this one a couple of times on the books, and we, we both ran into some roadblocks. But um, been, been on my bucket list of guests, of course, to talk to you. Plus, it was disgusting because when I pulled up Skype, to call you it was like chatted one year ago and i'm like that is way too long for us it's to way done too something. long it's absurd i mean we text like almost every day but still was, yeah just to actually talk was way too long and it's like it's definitely covid it's you know mm-hmm. like you were, were talking beforehand like time just changed <laughs> we're, we're all doing nothing but it's like you know oh yeah you know i'll get to that and then next thing you know it's a it's a year later or Hey, yeah, remember and, when I went to the show? Oh, yeah, it was two and a half years ago because time stopped. I know. I was just going to say, like, oh, yeah, he was just here um, for, like, my annual party. Right. That was already three years ago. <laughs> it was, like, ridiculous, you know? And it, it feels was, like it was last summer. Yeah, it's nuts. Um, and I feel like we we almost, like, created these bubbles inadvertently and inadvertently. Obviously, in person, you cre- it ended up creating a lot of bubbles. But even, like, this stuff, you know what I mean? Like well, you just start kind of doing pods with these people and these people. And like, you just kind of lost touch of like that familiarity as well, because yeah, you just got into this weird insular scale of your life, you know? Mm, yep. Um, but anyway, uh, why don't we get started with our show that we're going to put on in the background, Steve? So tell me what you picked. Well, I picked Evolve number five on Peacock. Uh, Evolve is the Gabe Sapolsky split uh, promotion after he left Ring of Honor. And he did this in Dragon Gate USA. And Evolve was the point of it. Originally was to have like more of a sports type feel to wrestling. And it was supposed to be with built with Brian Danielson right after he got fired from WWE. And then mm-hmm. uh, Danielson left <laughs> pretty much and left Gabe to his own devices. So um, I picked it because this is kind of when I got back in indie wrestling and started to travel a bit more to events, even though I've never seen an Evolve event live, I saw the Dragon Gate ones and they're, they're kind of intertwined. And so many people who are on these events are like big names now. 
Yeah, I mean, that, so I've never seen too much uh, of, of Evolve. I know, obviously, of it, uh, it's been on the purview as someone that's been obviously heavily involved in watching wrestling over the last, what, 40 years? Um, obviously, so I know about it. I know wrestlers that have come and gone from it. Uh, even just like from seeing random stuff on Twitter, like you know, obviously Gargano and others, like big parts mm-hmm. of it. So, uh, but no, I'm excited to put it on. I haven't really dove into any of the ones on Peacock, which is where, of course, we're watching this as usual. Um, so, why don't you tell us? We are queued up about what 40, 47, 20 or so. Yeah. Okay. All right. And this is season one, episode five. If you're watching on Peacock along with us, um, <laughs> the their best. format. I'm sure you've uh, talked about Peacock on this show already. So. Oh yeah. Uh, at least they finally added that little, um, like the better menu at the top now, <clears throat> where they actually have like the buckets for each thing at the top across the top of the uh, in- interface. So that's good. But all right. So why don't we get started? Uh, in three, two, go. Oh, just like the old live watch days. <laughs> Every now and then I think of those, um, those random ones we started. We're doing what the raw, like raw from the beginning. Smackdown Tiny event. Yeah. Those are mainly ones we did, right? The watch party. And then that kind of spun from there. Um and you guys did like a lot of other random shit too. Oh yeah, for mission any possibility did much. Just turning this this part down so I can hear you better. All right. Is that Moxley? I, yes. Okay. Um so you mentioned getting yeah, good. Oh, it's just a, a strange mix of people who are like coming to the end of their independent career who've never heard of unless you've like maybe watched Jakara and then yeah, like here's John Moxley. God, <laughs> like, he looks so young. Yeah, so young, completely skinny. I'm not liking the lack of graphics though, since we got no sound on, you know, it's uh hard for me. Um so you said you got back into indie wrestling like around this time. But let's go all the way back. Uh-oh. When did you first start watching pro wrestling? Like, what's I, your first earliest memories? My first WWF memory, which was probably when I started, mm-hmm. was w- probably a Superstars when they showed um, Roddy Piper smashed Cindy Lauper's album over Peter Wolf's head. Yes. Yep. Uh, so that is my first David wrestling Wolf. memory. Right. Was it David Wolf? Not Peter Wolf. Right? David Wolf. Yep. Yep. Okay. Who's Peter? Oh, Peter and the Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> I did that in music class in element. <laughs> um, all right. So, yeah. All right. So that, that's a deep uh, history there. So, yeah. 84, probably late 84 ish around then. Um, heading. Ooh, that was an ugly bump. Um, heading into early 85. <laughs> <laughs> in his head. Jesus, that was ugly. Uh, all right. So. Where so you live in Wisconsin now? We all know that. Where did you grow up? Did you grow up in Wisconsin or were you elsewhere? No, I grew up in suburban Chicago. Mm-hmm. So the cool thing about wrestling there is, even if you didn't have cable, all of those UHF stations had everything. Right. So multiple WWF shows, like World Class, started in Chicago, uh, being shown in Chicago. There, um, get some Spanish stations. Uh, multiple nwa wcw type shows so, so awa had to be bigger. awa yep was still around so you could find like that there's like the joe pettuccino shows for a while yeah a- any saturday or sunday mostly saturday you can find wrestling on the tv so i remember my dad would always want me to do chores in the morning and i'd do kind of like a half-assed job in the 
doing like the gar- clean the garage, vacuum the cars. But I gotta get done by eleven. <laughs> Superstars. <laughs> um. So you found you discovered that you remember the Piper thing, but like when did you ramp up? Like were you pretty much all in immediately, or was it kind of a slow drip? And when did you start to find out that there was like life beyond, you know, WWF when you found that? Well, with having all those options, mm-hmm. like WWF was clearly the big one, just because right. you could just tell by the way it was programmed, by the way it was shown, um, where everything else just seemed a little, not NWA as much, but like a world-class or an AWA, was just gross and smoky. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was always something. We didn't really have cable that much, so I didn't get to see the Saturday nights. Right. Um, only for a while. I, I have clear memories of watching the famous Flair versus Garvin cage match mm-hmm. while I was in the shower. So I turned it on in my parents' bedroom, kept the bathroom door open because I like I had never seen an hour, you know, almost an hour long cage match before on free right. television because um, we didn't get the pay-per-views or anything like that. I'd occasionally get them from like a. I think the first one I ever saw was WrestleMania th- uh, two. I saw from the library because we could get wrestling tapes at the library when I was little. <laughs> it, it feels like it's like a century ago. Yeah, yeah, like the Starcade tapes from like '85. I could get at my library as a kid. <laughs> Such a strange concept. Um, but I mean, th- that's been a common thread through all these, right? Is how much video stores and magazines played a role yeah. in our growth as wrestling fans. Um, so you discover, you know, all of a sudden, like the world opens up to you across these two years and you're watching it at a really cool time, right? Because um, it was super accepted, right? It was mainstream, it was red hot, especially in 85 into 86. So did, were you like, so at that point, how old were you? I was in 84. I was eight. Right. Um, so there were kids in the neighborhood who would watch uh, on the weekend. I remember watching the uh, Savage pick his pick Elizabeth as his manager. I have vague recollections mm-hmm. of that at my friend's house. Uh, parents, not just like I never really heard of parents caring right. at all about it. Um I Were they against able... it, your parents at all? Like, did they ever say, like, oh, you're going to grow out of it? Or uh, my dad said, oh, this is fake, you know, right. stuff like that. Or you can tell this, you can tell that. But he ended up taking me to a couple of shows when I was in middle school. I think that's the one of the wishes I have if going back is that I would have pushed more to go to shows because. Right. Well, at what's now the Allstate Arena, you know, was the Rosemont Horizon. They had shows mm-hmm. every month, just like MSG. Right. Yeah. It's such a hotbed. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's right by the airport. My dad literally worked two blocks from from there. So we, we had connections, and, but only went to uh, two shows, including yeah. one of the famous infamous PTBN Ultimate Warrior under the giant matches. <laughs> no, that was only in Detroit. Um, <laughs> so that like, I feel like that stuff when you're a kid feels so impossible um, because it was the same for me here. Like they ran Providence all the time. And. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, and you've you've been here to Rhode Island, you know, a couple of times now. Nothing's really that far, right? right? But everything in Rhode Island to Rhode Islanders feels far. So going all the way downtown to Providence 
felt like a like a big night out you know even though it was like probably 25 minutes <laughs> and like you know it's really not a bit like obviously i'm there now all the time for for providence games there's like nothing right 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 um, but back then it seemed like a big deal like oh we're gonna go to the civic center and watch watch the show whatever and like yeah you think it would be so simple because i know you know tickets weren't crazy at the time especially for for house shows which they ran regularly there mm-hmm. um even when i started getting to a 90 like they were still there all the time it, it, but it, yeah, it just seemed impossible. Like even other shows that were local, like WrestleMania 10, you know, I was 13, 14, like New York's only a few hours away. It wasn't even on my radar to try to go to that Hartford for WrestleMania 11, like an hour and a half away. Now that, that would be like an absolute lock, you know, but like that, it was like, Oh, like we're not going to go all the way to Hartford for this. So like, I'm guessing me that came in play for you as well. Cause it's like, as a kid, it all seems so grand and like nothing's super easy. Yeah, and you had no idea how much the the money cost, and you, you know you have no idea. And just you know, my parents, I mean, my mom never went to stuff with me. I'd occasionally go to like a baseball game with my my dad, but yeah, every every month, man, can you imagine? Just like yeah, all I mean, the stuff you would have yeah. seen. Like, yeah, same with so much same with Mania. Like two was in Chicago. The amount yeah. of like, I mean, they had some really famous NWA shows in Chicago. I think it's the difference between having parents that are like tolerated it or yeah. maybe secretly enjoyed it, but not outwardly were fans, you know, versus yeah. like in the know. Right. So like my dad liked it. Like he grew up watching it. He would watch with me, but he wasn't like a super fan. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't in the know to say, Oh, they're at the, they're at the civic center on the ninth. Like we're going to definitely go like, right. It wasn't that um, right. level of it. And yeah, I was always going to, what a cool like if they, you know to have that level where like you could be brought without having to be driving the decision. Yeah, and then you know it's all the what ifs like oh what if I got so burned out by by a kid that I, as a kid that I ended up oh, moving out from it. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I mean when I went to my first pay per view it was like such a big deal like I hadn't been to much before that. Um, so you mentioned you went to a couple shows were they house shows early on like what was your first live memory of a show? Yeah, they were house shows. Um, I'm trying to remember, like I do remember, like the main event of of one with the Ultimate Warrior under. I never saw Hogan live uh, at all. Until, no, he was he was never there when I went. But um, ever ever, or did you see him later? Uh, oh, I saw him much later, like okay. NWO right. days. But, but you've seen him. Yeah, yeah, seen him, just not in. Yeah, seen him before, right. just not in that time period. But I remember that. I mean, there was yeah. a Rockers. Versus the Rougeau's Iron Man match mm. that went over an hour. Um, and my dad just didn't believe that was going to happen. He was he, for sure. He was like, yeah, they're going to totally lie. And it's only going to be like 20 minutes. No, it was, right. it was an hour. <laughs> uh, and it made up for the 32nd Ultimate Warrior Honor the Giant match. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Think, so that would have been that had to be what? Late 89. Yeah. 89, 90. The other one I saw, which was really cool, was like a cage match between the Hart Foundation and Honky Tonk Man and Savage and Strike Force. Yeah, so that's probably early 88. Yeah, and that was... Late 87. It, that, a version of that match ended up on a DVD somewhere, mm-hmm. um, which was mind-blowing. You know, like, you, no one believes that you saw this stuff, and they never had cameras there, so... right. The fact that you're like, wow, I can be able to to see it now. Uh, Gargano with his really gross, thin 
<laughs> hair, haircut. Terrible hair. Hair. Honestly, I didn't realize it was him. Like halfway through yeah. the match. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the the green scrunchies. Scrunchie is not not a good look for him. <laughs> the um. All right, so you go to a couple live shows. Who were, who did you gravitate to? Like, were you a heel fan, a face fan, ambivalent? Did you have a favorite out of the gate that carried you through? Um, Savage was always a favorite of mine. Mm-hmm. I had a Savage poster on my wall with Elizabeth. Um, I had an Ultimate Warrior poster at one time. Is this Homicide? Um, dude, those were the guys I'd say, like, oh, always the faces, uh, except right. for Savage. Even when uh, Savage turned on Hogan, I'm like, eh, Savage is kind of right. Hogan was hanging on uh, <laughs> hanging on Elizabeth a little too much. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm pro Savage in that in that argument for sure. I think it was a while before I saw Hogan too. I don't think I saw him until '98 WCW um, Nitro, and he wasn't even. I don't remember if he was even on Nitro. I know he was in the dark match, and then I didn't see him in WWF until '02. I went to a Raw in February after the NWO had just come in, mm-hmm. and he was on there. Um, it also had an Austin versus Mr. Perfect match, which was really cool. Um, <laughs> in O2. Uh, yeah. And then seeing him much, not much later in TNA, because we both watched those shows. <laughs> like, God, that's so sad. Him and yeah. TNA was like, honestly, one of the saddest parts of doing that, that podcast, which is on a, a hiatus right now. Um, but it's hoping it comes back because I do enjoy watching them, actually, because I like watching stuff I've just really never seen, you know, and it's like it's so much random shit that happens on those shows. And then listening to Aaron lose his mind talking about it. It's the highlight. <laughs> um, but it's um, yeah, it, he was so depressing to see just how bloated and red and just terrible he looked. And it's like, maybe because I knew what was coming, it was worse to me, but there's that one where it's like him, he's got these sunglasses on that looks so tiny because his face was so blown up. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, he's just like dead weeks later. It was fucked up. It's, it's sad. It's rough to watch. Like that was honestly one of the saddest parts about doing that show for me. I was watching his final couple months. And somehow Scott, Scott Hall lived until just recently. Cause he was pretty, messed up in that time period as well yeah and it's i feel like he's it's always the catch the mobster on tax evasion type thing right it's like mm-hmm. these guys you know dare death all these years he gets clean he falls has surgery on his hip and then he dies so you know what I mean? it's like always like something like that i feel like it takes a lot of these guys down that should have probably died so many times over just you know with battling with addiction and everything else and then it's like something like that does him in it's like this sucks that was a tough one yeah i read that it actually had way like multiple multiple times the google searches for that then when savage died which like if you asked our parents generation they would know who randy savage is and a lot of kids know who randy savage is even after he died so that's like it's like that's incredible to me that I think part of it's probably just the internet being bigger too, like mm-hmm. 11 years later. That's true. Is my guess. I mean, there weren't even really smartphones in, in 11. Or, I mean, there were, but not everyone had them. So, but to your point, I think it's overlooked just how big he was, even outside of wrestling, where just people that were laps fans, like everyone knew Razor Ramon because so many kids, you know, like I have cousins and stuff that don't watch anymore, but they watched in the new generation era because that's when they were, you know, 10, 11, 12. And, 
like they all knew Razor Ramon. Like I got was one of those guys that you see all over social media, people posting that you wouldn't think were even wrestling fans, or right? if they all knew Razor Ramon from just watching in 1994 or whatever. Right. Everyone was wearing their yellow yes. Razor Ramon shirt. Yep, cousin had one. The, the yellow, the yellow bright yellow, um, <laughs> or even just NWO. Like if you were into the Attitude Era slash NWO era of WCW, you knew him from that. So I mean, he was just a mainstay and. You know, some of the biggest, um, you know, biggest times of pressing history. So, mm-hmm. and he was an indelible character. So, how long were you in Chicago? Was that, like, until you met your wife and moved out? Uh, or? I was in Chicago until I went to college. Yeah. Um. So, that's when I uh, went to Marquette, as you know, and mm-hmm. in Milwaukee. And that's where eventually met my wife and then uh, yeah, lived in Milwaukee for like six years. Um, pretty formative years. I think that's when I really went into wrestling because before that it was all myself. Right. And around 96, well, I, I would watch it in like the dorm, but around 96 was when I met other people who were into it. Yeah, so I was gonna say, so that whole so that whole ten year stretch is it pretty much just like kids being kids type of into it. Your dad kind of bringing you, but like you didn't have like any of those hardcore friends like that. That was it. Like that's all you talked about, or that were helping you push along your fandom. Um, no, it was just I occasionally would watch uh, Raw with some other people at a friend's house, but mm-hmm. uh, I would put it on uh, more than anything and. I actually found out years later, not just a couple of years ago, that uh, a guy I knew from high school that I ran track with um, was a huge wrestling fan. It's like, well, we were two years apart. And it, it was just like once you got to high school and in that 90s period. Right. Before NWO, like it wasn't cool. Like no one. And no. I was always kind of that nerd culture guy at a comic book shop, you know, like two blocks down from my house, literally. So right. I was there all the time. And that was not cool. So, but it was it was right there for me. I had all this access to comic books, wrestling, all this nerd culture stuff, and um, you were—I wouldn't say you're martyr. There are a couple of people here and there that were into it, um, but no one really talked about it at that point. No, definitely not. I mean, I, you know, and I think that's one of the things. I just never got into comics because I don't think I had anyone in my life to introduce me to them, right? Or mm-hmm. I didn't live in that area, um, so obviously got into a way way later <laughs> age whatever 37 got into you know watching yeah. comic stuff and everything else but um it's interesting to me when you think of like the lack of a social web to stay into something like wrestling that has become such a social medium for us right like i'd argue of our circle 80% of us may not even watch at this point if it weren't for the social aspect of it, right? Would you agree with that? You may yeah, follow it, I, but like, yeah, I may really follow it a little bit, but it. yeah, yeah, there, like, people I know almost we all watch different stuff too, right? Um, quite because just because there's, there's infinite amount, like you said, with like the whole, like the internet is so much bigger. That's a, that's a huge hot take that I just made. Um, that yeah like it was the social aspect of it too even in the 90s and there you know 
with the, you know, having good internet in college, good for that time Mm -hmm. and being able to access some of the sites that were popping up. And then, like I said, finding a couple other people who were into it and then, uh, you know, going to Marquette, which is in downtown Milwaukee, when there were events in town, I could literally walk to them. So again, easy access. I can, was able to go to King the Ring 96 because, mm-hmm. you know, it's basically four blocks off campus. Um, when ECW started coming to the Midwest, um, I went to like the Chicago, like the Chicago debut in one of the pay-per-views, but then they would start coming to Milwaukee and that was three blocks from my apartment. Um, so just having all this access and then meeting people through it, um, a lot of people who went to those shows too ended up doing um wrestling themselves like Cole Cabana was at the ECW Chicago debut um the guys who you'd see the same people at at shows um one of the guys who I'd see like pretty much every show ended up is like the head of AAW uh in Chicago Mm -hmm. like Punk came out of there didn't realize that at the time that was right when I moved I could have I was like like just a couple months away from you know seeing CM Punk every month right which is crazy at the Knights of Columbus of all things actually it rules our whole lives um <laughs> that is one regret i have that i never went to an old school ecw show because i mean they did run like when i was in worcester like they were running in massachusetts a bunch and like i remember adam uh, murray of the nba team going and i don't know why i didn't go with him i don't know i was scared <laughs> like or what, but, um but ecw wasn't super on my radar either until i got to school and he would talk about it because I just didn't, you know, we didn't really have access to any of it. So outside of reading about it, like in magazines or on the internet, like I didn't really, or when they popped up on raw and shit like that, it wasn't really on my radar. Right. It wasn't until they got on TNN that I really started watching regularly. And he would order the pay-per-views and I'd go over there uh, when like in the summer or whatever, when we were out of school. So yeah, I just, I went like, if I could transport back, and I'll ask you this question too, as I like ask it on the show. But if you could kind of go back to like any live wrestling show, it doesn't have to be a show, just a moment in time, a promotion. I think ECW Arena, like 96, 95, 96 would be pretty high on my list just to watch like one of those big arena shows on a weekend with that crowd in that building with some of those guys that came through there. Like, that would be pretty up there for me, I think. Yeah, that would be a good one. Like, I know I've told you this story before. I don't know if it was something that was ever on the air, but I could have gone to Spring Stram- um, Stampede 94. Oh. I had two friends who were kind of one who, like, ended up being my college roommate who I went to high school with who ended up going. And they weren't really even really that big of fans. Uh, but I had something, like, going on that day, and I, could, mm-hmm. and I couldn't go. And that was always, uh, you know, quite, you know, quite possibly the greatest WCW show of all time. I love that show. Like, one so of the, much. yeah, <laughs> like I've seen it a million times. Uh, yeah, that that was a little bit of a of a wrestling regret, and I think it would depend on my age too. I think I would like uh, an ECW arena show at that time more mm-hmm. when I was that age. Right. I think if I was transported there at this age, I would hate it. Um, Maybe. To, yeah, I went to last. Um, yeah, like I said, with COVID, with time, everything seems so. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was during All Out uh, this past year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my, you know, Brett Carlson and my buddy went to GCW show, which is 
yeah. you know, kind of basically this generation's ECW, I would say. Yes. And God, did I hate it. Um, there was just so much, like, it was at, and it was just kind of full circle because these all out shows, like, in the suburbs, it's right by where I grew up. Like, right. The, the stadium was literally across the street from where I graduated high school. Um, this, uh, soccer field with that we saw the gcw show at which was mm-hmm. just disgusting around was in the same strip mall as the place i went to hebrew school when i was a little kid <laughs> just just so bizarre but like the amount of people that were packed in there and just kind of like the grittiness like i like some gritty like mm-hmm. this show we're watching right now this evolve show this is the kind of wrestling i like to go see right. where you can go and get front row seats for like 50 bucks mm-hmm. and be right up close it's you know, it's fairly clean. It's, it looks like a YMCA type auditorium. Right. It's um, a gym. This, yeah, this was like some everyone reeking of drugs. Uh, <laughs> no one, you know, using deodorant. It's like. Right. Someone. Yeah. And it's just a little too much, a little too deathmatchy for me. Yeah. Um, but if that, you go to like a real classic ECW, not not the one that you remember later, but like the Malenko. Guerrero. Oh yeah, or, like that would be crazy. That like would be, go there. Like, you know what I mean? Like psychosis. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of shit that went with those shows too, but um, yeah. Like even Al Snow during that time was really cool. Well, that's what like blows my mind when we're you know we do extreme through a dance every other week, uh, on this feed and again that's something I'd never really watched a lot of. I've seen like the big stuff right, but like not the week to week evolution. No, not so, like, until watching, much later. But all of it, just all of it, like, you know, we started in February 94, we're into late 96 now on the show. So mm-hmm. now I'm seeing a ton. Like, I'd never seen all the Raven Dreamer feud, you know, in its full evolution. Mm-hmm. And, and but, like, some of the stuff I was mentioning in 95, like, I can't even imagine just being a dude in that crowd in February 95. Oh, and here's a 30-minute Eddie Guerrero, Chris, Chris Benoit match. Like, like, just, I, like, imagine just being there and seeing that. Right. And I guess it's something like this, like you're just in this tiny gym and oh shit, like this awesome Gargano moxie match, whatever. It's it's probably, you know, it's this generation's that. But like, if you think back to the level of stars those guys became and you're just in this tiny little shit bingo hall and you're seeing like Cactus Jack and Terry Funk, like it's just like <laughs> ridiculous, you know? Yeah. And like, I just think of how mind blowing it was because it, it's, it's almost impossible to compare it to now because we've seen so much and you can see so much, right? So like, I could see this fairly easily, even if I didn't go to the Evolve show, right? And it's pretty easy to track down if I had to. Yeah, it would have it would have come out eventually on DVD, like right. six months or so after the fact, or knowing the way Gabriel things, like one would come out twelve months after the fact, and then right, but the right. one previous afterward would come before. You know. <laughs> but times. that ECW was like, you know, maybe you read it in the magazine, but you know, and I know they released some tapes, but it was so what you weren't like in it was CompuServe, or like you would see the results. Like yeah, Meltzer was... would post the results in like a like a prodigy chat or something like that. I'm not even joking. Like that's that's how I learned about ECW. It's just crazy to think of like the stuff that was happening at that level. The, and so when I watch it, it's like I try and bring that perspective to the, to the podcast. Is I'm like. I, I just can't imagine seeing this this on that random sweaty Saturday night in that arena, and all of a sudden you're watching yeah. like two Cold Scorpio and Eddie Guerrero have like this 30 minute classic, you know? Um, it's just such a weird time. That's why I love to. I would love to just have been at one of those if I could go back 
and just check it out. Like just one of those types, not not even just like the blood and guts versions. Just like one of those classic. Oh yeah, out of nowhere. Yeah. Um. All right. So you're at Marquette. You go to King of the Ring, King of the Ring '96, and it sounds like you're a fairly early adopter of the internet. So you were on pretty early on on the. And I think that's where most folks in your age range were discovering the internet, right? Because it was very heavily on campus, right? I remember like CRZ. Yeah. His early stuff is like through, you know, rec sports, pro wrestling or whatever. And Herb Coons, like, you know, we joke about yeah. on PTB, but a lot of that stuff really was on those early news groups went for people that were on college campuses that had access to it. Yeah, because there were I want to say they were called T1 mm-hmm. Internet lines that you could pull like they were somewhat fast for the time in like your dorm rooms. But in the library, they were they were faster so I fully admit to you going to the library and looking up like, what was it like Rick Skia or something mm-hmm. like that? Yeah, uh, Rick Skia. Like, yeah, um, yeah, like you know, like my group of four friends, like we all knew CRZ. It's, um, it's still crazy. Like to this day, I probably talk to CRZ more <laughs> now than. I mean, we're friends on Pokemon Go for crying out loud. It's crazy uh, to me. And God, he was such an early influence on me, like being like evolving as a wrestling fan. I mean, I've I've read his stuff probably more than any other author in the yeah. world. Oh, and that was it. Like yeah. you, I would go to the library because it would take too long to download it in the dorm room. Right. And, you know, eventually I got an, uh, an apartment. So it was, you know, the Internet got a little bit better. But uh, even wrestlers themselves um you know all the like we're watching evolve like mm-hmm. a lot of the people ring of honor evolve a lot of people who work for like wwe all came up during that time yep um and we're all online during the same time this is you know before people like bix and all that like mm-hmm. uh what's the guy who just got put into the indie hall of fame who runs shimmer uh dave prazak right like he was one of the guys on the early you know this is before death valley driver uh that stuff before like uh you know like will and stuff like that and uh, tony khan <laughs> yeah <laughs> seriously tony khan yeah. yeah yeah um and the rat like um you know wwf had their online through aol because mm-hmm. yep. you can get those like i talked to mark marrow on yes. there when he started off he i still have to this day i found it a while ago um i i, I think we we're talking about exercise or something like that about working out because yeah just, yeah they were I, made available they'd have the chats and you could go in there yeah. and ask questions and and yeah that we talked offline a couple times and um he sent me an autograph picture of mm-hmm. him in his unstable uh through the mail like personally uh it's just crazy like and, and i think maybe that's why i like shows like this because oh my god look how young ricochet is he's like oh 60 my god years. yeah <laughs> even kyle uh, o'reilly looks uh yeah getting into shows like this and when uh like really like when ring of honor because that was like the ring of honor kind of like the next generation of ecw i would right. say um being able to have more access to these people these guys in person mm-hmm. like going to shows like this um meeting them and now next thing you know like you know ricochet and kyle o'reilly like on television every single week um you know huge stars all right what year is the show uh, i would say what year did brian get fired 2010 mm, yeah SummerSlam 10 yeah is yeah that's back. right so yeah so this would have been slightly before that okay yeah so i was gonna say o'reilly 
Red Dragons and Ring of Honor by what, 13? Yep. Uh, Cole had his official debut match on this show earlier on. Cole and O'Reilly were, have pretty much been inseparable from, right. from day one. O'Reilly's a cool dude. Um, when we had him on Kevin Kelly's show way back, uh, super nice. And it's a fun interview. Uh, there's actually a lot of cool, like, I think we should revisit those archives a little bit and promote them. Um, mm-hmm. Just for people to, like, hear some really cool interviews that we did. Like, we he talked to this whole generation of guys that are bigger stars now that were in Ring of Honor in, like, 2014, 2015. Adam Cole, we had on, you know, and yeah. we had AJ Styles on. <laughs> yeah, that, that interview was really good, yeah. the AJ one. But in, I remember O'Reilly was really cool. Uh, just super nice guy, but he also was, like, a big conspiracy theorist, but not, like... Not the stupid conspiracy theorist. Oh, oh, he was like the Bigfoot stuff, Bigfoot, right? Bigfoot, kind of. Yeah, yeah. That level he, of he's from Vancouver theory. originally. Yes. yes. Um, so, yeah, he was into that kind of stuff, like folklore. Type yeah. Of conspiracies. Um, so this is a super cool dude. And, you know, obviously I've never really seen anything bad about him. Everyone seems to you know, always talk highly of him. So the, the one thing I don't like about them in AEW the entrance with the music's is not the same. Um, that was the one thing they perfected in NXT was was Cole's entrance. It's it's not not as good in AEW. Yeah, I agree. Well, um, O'Reilly and Fish use the same song that they used in Ring of Honor. And that was the heyday of Ring of Honor, at least for me. Was that you know when we were as PTB we're, we're like super into it. Not even just through Kevin, but like you know Brad was really into it, and that was kind of mm-hmm. the direction of the site. And, and, and we were recapping it every week we went to a bunch of stuff um you know i saw you know, probably four or five ring of honor shows i think in that like three year span and um to me that was like my little glory run of ring of honor indie indie level stuff um was in there just and, and it was i mean a big part of us because of kevin obviously we had a personal relationship and he was the voice of it so yeah but there was some great stuff in there uh and i feel like that that was like one of our first real group bonding stretches of you know, PTB, et cetera, was through like when we all got into Ring of Honor and went to a bunch of stuff together and yeah. talked about it. And we were close to being like, they just didn't want to put the trust or whatever. But like Kevin kept pushing for us to kind of be like the podcast and Brad was really working it. Yeah. Like, do like the official Ring of Honor podcast through them. And <laughs> they just didn't see it. I don't know. They just couldn't grasp it at that point. Yeah. And they never, yeah, never really caught on to that. What well, I mean, yeah, you can write. I know someone is writing a book on it. I think like Shane Hagedorn or something is writing a, a book on it. But I was, I, once that came into the Midwest too, cause that, mm-hmm. those came up like Chicago, Milwaukee. Right. That was Chicago be, Ridge, right. It was like the big one. Yeah. Oh God. What a, yeah, it's, it's not really Chicago, but it's a Chicago in the name. <laughs> right, uh, right. Yeah. That was, that place was just like this field house, mm-hmm. a community field house in some sort of like old, neighborhood um that it was a cool place to see wrestling though i i i wouldn't doubt if i was there like eight nine ten times um to see them like i don't even know how many ring of honor shows i've seen it probably 25 30 um yeah every time they they came to milwaukee and just to see the changes over the years like the like the prime of 0407, but then it went downhill like when Cornette was involved, but then again, popping back up, like you said, when we started going to see more shows, like, you know, 13 to mm-hmm. really to like the Bucks and Cody left. Yeah, I think that was right around then is when we kind of pieced out. Like, is when did we go to that um, 
the Brooklyn one, right? At the baseball field. That oh, was yeah. This one, that was a blast. The only, the only issue is that we did miss TakeOver, which was like the yes. first real big TakeOver. Yeah. Um, with the Sasha. Was that Sasha Bailey Iron Woman? Yes. Yep. Right. So we did miss that. That was the same night. Um, but we did see Nakamura, right? We saw Okada. Who else was at that show? Oh, everybody. Um, Bushwacker Luke. <laughs> Bushwacker Luke, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we saw, like, Roderick Strong versus, was it, like, Okada? Like, one-on-one yeah. on one in a baseball field in Brooklyn. With, like, yeah, I, just I remember it being, like, a beautiful night out, though. We were, like, it was, like, picture perfect, like, sitting in the stands watching that show. How many people did we have? Like, ten? It was a huge group we had. Yeah, we had a good-sized group. It might have been more than 10, honestly. All I remember was Glenn giving you the bear hug in the parking lot. <laughs> and then we have a picture of another one of him uh, at the bar in Brooklyn, I think the... No, the next year? Yeah, I think the next year, too, yep. Yeah. No, those are fun fun visits. Um, go to those shows and hanging out. God, I missed that bar closed. We went last year. Um for Survivor Series, it's not there anymore. I was trying to get the group organized for it, but it's gone now. Uh, but I love that place, that German bar. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It had like basically like a food stand within it. Yeah, it was perfect. You just walk up and get your brats, get your beers, and uh, you're good. Who was it? Was it Bill After? Remember, someone was there. Yeah, I think it was I'm after. just trying to think who it was. <laughs> yeah, like had like a book release party, and he came over and uh, like thanked us for buying the book, and like yeah, yeah we're not. Yeah, we're not Thanks, part Bill. of the party. But <laughs> you, Billy. Um, that's some of my favorite part about going on those trips is like the randos, random wrestlers you like run into, like Kokobu or on the street in New Orleans, like stuff, stuff like that. Um, they you know, just like happen upon um, during those big weekends when everyone's in town. Uh, I had one of those. Except for I don't Sonic even Gosh. think I told you this. What? Um, so where I live now is uh, it's Appleton, Wisconsin. For those listening, it's about uh, 100 miles north of Milwaukee. About mm-hmm. 25 minutes uh, away from Green Bay. Uh, it's basically a suburb without a city. So I went to fill up with gas. This was been last year, like kind of heart of COVID. Um, just at the local corner gas station. And I'm like, see some guy come out just looking really uh, just rough. Mm-hmm. Has a has a ponytail in, gets out of a like a beater car. Um and but he had like a really nice pair of Jordans on, but everything else was like just like looked like he just rolled out of bed. Right. And I'm like, son of a bitch, that's Silas Young. Oh, that's Jesus. <laughs> like, I know he's like from Milwaukee, but we're nowhere near Milwaukee. It's right. Like a good two hour drive. And it just, yeah, just one of those. And, and I don't know his real name. Like, I know I have a couple friends who did like indie wrestling stuff up here back in the in the day like when like ken kennedy and all that mm-hmm. like guys like that um but you just like had like just kind of open the window like uh hey silas <laughs> <laughs> and he like looked at me he's like total double take you know away it it's just so bizarre like seeing that stuff in in, in real life like xavier working in the door of the surf club in the yeah York exactly <laughs> like, oh hi former ring of honor champion xavier Oh, that was so good. Uh, Chad, Chad recognizing him, like made that guy's like day. It was so funny. He was like, that's Xavier. You know, we walk in there and he's like, he wouldn't leave us alone. He kept coming over. He's like, oh, what's, you know, what's your favorite match of mine? <laughs> like, oh, God. Um, he was uh, the ECW shows I went to. He was like security for those. Yeah, I was sad when he passed away. Right? It was like a couple years ago. So young. Yeah. 
Yeah, it sucked. Another guy seemed really nice. I remember John uh, Walters told me, you know, a bunch about him, and I know they they kind of came up together a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had a huge. Uh, I've been listening to the uh, the I can't think of that the, the Ring of Honor show that we used to have on our um, feed. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm at that time where they just yeah. uh, finished that feud that was like there for both of them. That was a pretty. How did it hold up for feud. them? What's that? to hold up like in their in their view um yeah, uh pretty well I, I think the beginning matches were kind of pointless but the they, they thought weren't that good but the last match the two of them had was actually like a a highlight because it took like i think oh three right was when they had it the big feud and i'm, I'm trying to remember when the podcasts were released because yeah oh three sounds right because he he graduated college in oh one and I know he did some job stuff for WWE. That would have been like 02, 03, 04 in there. Um, so, yeah, I think he was in ROH like 03, 04. It's cool that you get to go back last year. He had that six-man and a couple other matches. Yeah, he had a few. Yeah, yeah he can still go. And, I, and then he, I think he wrestled in Alaska last year. I have, I've kind of – I should check it with him, see where he's at. Um. All right, so was there a point where you fell out of it at all? Because, like, I know we would have been crossing paths on Scott Keith's blog yeah. as early as, what, 04, probably? Probably. Yeah, Jesus Christ, that is a long time ago. Well, because we I split. Would... The blog split was 05. I know that. You're kidding me. Good God. Yeah. <laughs> That's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason, like 2010 is always in my head, but no, that's well, 10 is kind of where PTB, yeah, that's when that, yeah, that's all started because, yeah, wow. Um, I would say so. I moved up with you know who became my wife in mm-hmm. 2000, and then then it was it was back to just me again, right? Uh, um, yeah, I, I didn't know anybody, and you know, I'd still like. Um, you know, I was when I was in down in Milwaukee, I would be, you know, watching pay-per-views every mm-hmm. month, you know, just just like most people. But then, like, you know, I'm not buying pay-per-views right, <laughs> right. for myself <laughs> at that point. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd kind of still watch on Mondays if I could. Um, I got back into it again when, you know, kind of towards the end of WCW, when that all started happening. I'd still go like if shows came to Milwaukee. Um, I would go. I went to a couple. I actually went to one of the final ECW shows. And they debuted in Green Bay, like pretty much right before they went under. Like when Chili Willy was wrestling. That was some good times. Right. (laughs) Just was terrible. Uh, Talk about a promotion that feels. And, you know, I'm I'm interested because my goal in this podcast, you seem to do a dance, is like, I feel like it's one of the few pockets i've done where there's like a finite end (laughs) in view um and i think we can do it right so like i'm really curious to get to that stage i'm I'm enjoying where we are now but because even during the tnn days the most you'd have to watch a week is two hours minus all the commercials so you're probably an hour 30 right so i I think it's doable for sure everything's available on peacock like i think we can do it and you know we know it's at the end right yeah so but i'm curious to see because i feel like that promotion by the end feels so different than like where we are now. Yep. You know, it's crazy, but even there's though there's a lot of the same things, people, but, you know, yeah, there's still a couple of good things, but 
um, you know, even a couple of years later, most of them are, you know, right. you'll never see again. Uh, but yeah, I would say that kind of 2000, uh, especially when the WCW uh, invasion stuff ended, I was way out until Ring of Honor started. Then I started getting a little bit more into like uh, buying DVDs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Because uh, they started kind of, pretty quick after, because right? that's like early '02 they pop up, I think. Yeah, and I would say end of '02 '03 was when I started hearing more and more about them. Like oh, I should probably, you know, buy some of these. So you know, I would wait until they come out and then buy a bunch on eBay used and such, and try to try to watch them that way. Now I have, God, I don't even know, like a thousand wrestling DVDs. <laughs> Did you know I have all of Brad's? Uh, no, you bought the the big lots. Uh, yeah, the yeah, I think it was like five hundred <laughs> were in there. It's Man. like I gotta get rid of these. I'm like, I'll take them. Well, you know, even if I watch just a few of them. Right. <laughs> right. I think I have all the JOs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have. I have. Uh, it, it's just like media in general. I there's something about the physical media I I still like. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Like we, you know, I have a, you know, my basement, like yeah. we have a closet that's just like that shit, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? <laughs> and it's like, yep. and like, it was kind of messy. So I went in this weekend and cleaned it up and my wife was kind of like, well, you know, you know, it's taking up all the space in there. Right. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I know. But it's like six tubs of VHS and magazines you know mm-hmm. and books wrestling books and ma- like i have all my magazines like all my pwis all my oh, wow it's like all those in bins and then like just two giant tubs of vhs and then a shelf with all my dvds on it still in that closet but i'm like i'm just not ready <laughs> like i don't want it i got rid of all my vhs because i i did buy some like kind of the i, I wouldn't call it tape trading because i didn't trade any myself right um but i i got rid of those a few years ago i still have all the dvds though and so many i have just single that don't have cases at all that right. i've gotten from places over the years like different japanese ones i mean god uh well you know i had um you know this is hot info for all the listeners i had lasik surgery you know just like you this past week mm-hmm. and uh i had a couple hours today where I, you know, my eyes are still recovering and I had right. some cancellations at work. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to come home and sit in the dark and put on a, we have a room, like basically called the, the video game room where mm-hmm. you know the kids can hang out. And I, I just randomly opened this, uh, not Brad's book, but my book, it was like best of Ricky steamboat. It was like <laughs> Ricky steamboat versus jumbo Saruta from God knows what year in the 1970s and all this grainy footage. And I'm like, man, I, I'm here. I am in my forties on a couch recovering from eye surgery mm-hmm. in the middle of a weekday watching grainy DVD footage. <laughs> it's the dream. It How did the dream. surgery go? No complications. Um, no, no, it, it actually, it was, a, I, I was more nervous the day of before, like, what am I getting into? But then they give you the Valium and everything's good. Um, that, yeah. that when you see that laser come, Oh my God. Did that. they give you the teddy bear to hold? <laughs> no. They gave me a teddy I was, bear. I was like going to reach out and 
Like, where's that nurse go? <laughs> Give me your hand. I don't want the doctor's hand because your hands are occupied. Oh, God. When that thing comes near there. But I'll tell you, it's like the surgery itself is like a minute and a half. Right. And you lay down, you can't see. You get a surgery, you sit up and like, look at the clock. And it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, it's such a game changer. Like, I've I've told anyone and everyone, like, I would I would have paid what I paid for that surgery every year. Mm-hmm. That's how, like, worth the investment was to me. As someone who was, you know, really blind, had glasses in second grade, couldn't tolerate contacts, um, it was like life changing, altering, mind blowing for me. Yeah, I, I think COVID is what put me over the edge mm-hmm. with it, and that like you're looking, you know, like with Zoom meetings and like the bad habits that I picked up of scrolling my phone all the time Mm -hmm. that I really started noticing just in a couple of month period where mm, stuff farther away is starting to go downhill. And, you know, I was already wearing like glasses for driving and watching movies. My regret is, you know, I wish I did it before covid because once i started going places again having to wear masks and glasses was not not fun even it's just like simple stuff for me was like going in the shower and not being blind (laughs) like like, like i mean that's pretty severe like what was like do you know what what your vision was uh i don't i don't we were i was in the negatives it was like i had a bad astigmatism like i mean when i say blind i was as close to probably like like there was no way I could drive mm-hmm. without my glasses before. Like I, it would have been considered like dangerous. <laughs> like it was bad. <laughs> Everything was just a complete blur. Like I couldn't, I could see shapes, but it was, it was bad. I needed my glasses for everything. Um, and I just, my eyes were too dry always to have contacts. Like they would kill me. I'd wear them now and then, uh, but yep. um, unless I was like maybe playing basketball or something where I was sweating a lot, they would just kill my eyes. So I just was full glasses. And finally I'm like, I just got to get this done because I can't keep going like this. And um, yeah, no, it was, it was amazing. I don't, I never look back. Yeah, I tried contacts once. They're awful. Yeah. Like when I, I ran in college and uh, cause I, I would lose my glasses all the time. I misplace them, but like, you know, oh, having them out in college, I can see better running these long races and then they just dry out when you were, mm-hmm. you know, working out and, like, oh, great, I'm running five miles at as fast as I possibly can go, and my eyes are f- on fire. <laughs> it's just, Anyone who tells you that go. they like contacts or contacts work are fucking liars. Like, I, I just don't <laughs> believe it. I just do not believe it. Um, yeah, the torture. So you got back into it around Ring of Honor. Yeah. And, and this is my guy right here. This is Danielson. Oh, yeah, He's probably my favorite wrestler ever. And still not like in-person friends, but when do you start to really evolve, pun intended, um, online? Because I feel like by the time we split off the blog, we were pretty well formed as a group. That's that, So I think it started on Keith's blog where we started to really all bond. I think so, too, because I didn't I wasn't too much of a commenter back in the day like maybe in the AOL days I did right but usually I was just kind of a lurker mm-hmm. I, I was just there to read the articles not the comments and god uh younger me should have told older me those things because even then like the commenters 
even the ones who were, you know, trolls and obnoxious would at least write full paragraphs because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, would have like full thought out arguments instead of, you know, just being assholes. Yeah, it yeah. was a different level because it was still so new. Um, it was pre Twitter, pre Facebook, where like the quick comment mentality was there. Like message board blog mentality was like long form discussion. And that's why it was such a big industry, I think, for what it came to pro wrestling, because it was a bunch of nerds mm-hmm. that lived alone in this world for so many years, suddenly found like minded people that wanted to talk about all this shit they had watched for all these years, you know? So all of a sudden you're in, sitting there in 2005 and, oh, I can have this long discourse on Stan Hansen, yes. you know, with five other people, right? And, and write paragraphs and break down matches. Now it's so commonplace and old hat. It's all been done, right? But at that time, like so much stuff had never been talked about. And big time, like stuff that now you're sick of hearing about, like WrestleMania 3. Like, what the, you know? But like at that point, it's like, well, I'd never talked about WrestleMania 3 with anyone. So here are my thoughts. You know? <laughs> I was like the only one who ever watched it. Right. So there was so much of that to get into, like all these decade plus of knowledge and thoughts that I'd only shared with a few people. All of a sudden, you know, there's this larger community at play to talk to. And then you just naturally, you know, goes from there where you're trying not to say evolve again. Uh, naturally goes from there where, oh, okay, well, you know, what's going on in your real life or, you know, from there. Yeah, and yeah. That's how friendships formed. And, you know, for better or worse, <laughs> some, of the, some of the people out there, but, you know, we all stayed pretty tight knit as a group and just kept growing and growing. And um, I know for me anyway, it definitely forged like a stronger interest in wrestling just because you'd want to go then talk about it. Right. Read about it. And you stuck with it through that. And discover. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, it's, you know, I I have like, you know, like the wrestling DVDs. I I call my piles of stuff like my infinite reading pile, my infinite shows Mm -hmm. I have to watch in in infinite wrestling. Like, um, I think that was another part of the joy of that time is the internet was getting fast enough that we could actually share videos. Yes. You know, we could, you know, when, when it first started, it would, God, I remember it was when uh, Diesel snapped and powerbombed Bret Hart after their match. Yeah. I remember taking hours to download like the 15 second clip of that. Right. On decent internet for that time period. Um, or, and then, you know, early 2000s, you can start, you know, sharing, you know, matches. Not whole shows at that point, but like matches and then like, okay, you can have discussions on that. And like you said, mm-hmm. the long form brought came to friendships. Did you like, I think it's different nowadays where people, you know, the last few years, like online dating and stuff like that. Right. But did you ever have conversations with people in real life, uh, especially like when we would start like doing get togethers and whatnot? Mm-hmm. But like, wait, who are these people? Like, how did you meet these people? And oh, just, man brutal especially because my like my dad is that what you mean like people asking how you yeah know, like you know yeah, people yeah. you might work with or like friends or like oh where are you going well yeah and, <laughs> and my, my, my dad is like a you know a classic old school italian right so he's um you know i, I talked to you off air about i've been watching the sopranos for the first time like he you know he'd fit right in in there like with some mm-hmm. walnuts and everything so like you know he's a natural ball buster right so I remember as far back as the first time I met Chad at WrestleMania 29, he 
you know, met us. It was last minute. So he met us in New York, but he was going to fly back from Rhode Island. So mm-hmm. he came back with me for a few hours here. And like, I remember telling my dad that it was Andy's friend from college um, <laughs> because like, it, it was so weird at that time to say like, you know, I had a newborn right in my yeah. house and bringing this random guy from the internet from Georgia to my house. <laughs> um, and then it kind of, it went from there where, yeah, it just got harder and harder to like explain a lot of it. Like, yeah, this 50 year old guy from New York comes and sleeps over my house. You know, it's like, it's like, so, like, I don't know how you even get to it, you know? And it's just like, oh yeah, just met online. Like it's, it's so, and, and to your point, it's a little more acceptable now, but right. um, yeah, I remember I had a manager at work who was very, in a nice way, inquisitive, right? Mm-hmm. And I was going to visit Aaron in Montreal a couple of years ago. And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm going to Canada for a few days with the family. And she's like, oh, where are you going? And I'm like, well, I'm going to visit my friend and his family. Well, how do you know him? I'm like, well, you know, <laughs> and it's like, I'm like, it's, you know, work, I try and keep pretty apart on that stuff. And I'm just like, oh, just online. She's like, oh, just online. I'm like, yeah, you know, so there's definitely been a lot of that. Like, and I mean, now the large bulk of my friends I've met, you know, a lot of them through just, you know, PTB, like, Right. Yeah, like almost Ryan Gray yeah. this past year, right? Like, was a listener of my podcast, started doing podcasts, and found out he lived, you know, 40 minutes away, and now we hang out a bunch. So mm-hmm. it's like still happening, right, to that level. So, um, so is Chad the first person you met from? Uh, yeah, I guess he probably. I mean, I met a lot of people that weekend, right? So like, yeah, yeah, it wasn't just him, but yeah, I think I think that weekend was probably had to be the start of it i'm trying to had there might have been someone i don't think i went to many pay-per-views and stuff before 29 even the first around here the first person i met of that original group would have been andy your boy andy helene right um at i think it was like a joint ring of honor chikara show and i was like i was nervous because it was it was early. I, I want to say that right. was probably oh seven, oh eight, oh nine, around that time period. Right. Um, like the young bucks are probably like twenty <laughs> at that point. Very young um, bucks. Yeah, very very young bucks. Um, and he got their autographs and a picture with them for five dollars total. <laughs> An, uh, picture. It'll be a lot more now. Yeah, an eight by ten signed and like a photo on like whatever flip phone we right. had five bucks, unbelievable. Um, but yeah, I remember being like nervous about it because like yeah, you talk to these people online. This is the first time I ever like met somebody in real life online, and luckily I had a couple friends with me. Like you know, and right, he's a sweetheart, case. but yeah. you know, you what if know. he's an axe murderer? <laughs> I'll tell you who the first one was. The axe murderer thing kind of jogged my memory is uh, Larue. Yeah, I think that was oh, probably yeah. the first one. Me and Scott went to his graduation party, um, and met some of his friends. And uh, his dad asked me to get some chairs out of this like dilapidated barn, and I was waiting for like the chainsaw to drop from the fucking <laughs> ceiling when I went in the dark shed to get the chairs. Uh, but yeah, I would say Derek was probably one of the first people, and actually, um, Greeny, Jason Greenhouse. Mm-hmm. We went to uh, we happened to be at the same Yankee game. One oh, time. wow. So we met up and said hi and, and took a picture. That was probably like 20, 
I mean, the podcast started at 11. I don't remember if he was around for the message board or just came around for the podcast stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I probably met him was like 2011, 2012. So he, I'd say LaRue, Greeny, and like Dan McGinn were like probably the first kind of few. Although McGinn would have been after 29. So all the guys 29 would have been before him. So that's like Chad, Brad, um, Poirier, sweet little Mark Poirier. Chrisafi, you know, like, like dudes mm-hmm. like that. Um, J.O., Grant, all those guys that were at that mania. That was and then the, the then the first time I was around you guys in person was Pittsburgh. Yes. Yep. And that was Roger's first time coming. Yeah. Because we got so it's funny how we how we so we worked together on the same team. This is like probably mid 2013. And, you know, I asked him. We were looking for someone to play basketball, and I talked to my buddy Mike. He's like, I think Roger, you know, likes basketball. We should ask him because we needed a guy. So I went and asked him. He's like, oh, I don't have any stuff. I'm like, all right, whatever. Um, and that was the first time we ever talked. And then he messaged me like 10 minutes later. He's like, I'll go buy some sneakers. I want to play. And I'm like, it all makes sense now that I know him, like how he is. But <laughs> um, like, wait, wait, you didn't have sneakers? <laughs> right, right. He's like, well, he couldn't go home and get them, I guess, was the thing. Okay. So he's like, I'll stop at the store and buy them on the way. Because he wanted, he didn't want to miss a chance to get in this league, basically. Because uh, he had just moved back from Arizona. So, but then he comes up to me like weeks later. And he's like, I saw your friends with El Guiante on Facebook. He's like, <laughs> He goes, are you a wrestler? And I'm like, no. I'm like, so I pull him aside. I'm like, look, here's the deal. Um, I'm like, first of all, it's not the real El Giante. He's dead. Uh, but, and then I think I, you know, we started talking more about it. And he came to Picasso's to watch a couple of pay-per-views. And he got back into it. And I said, hey, we're going to Pittsburgh. And at first, again, he was like, oh, I had, he had tickets like a Celtics game or something. And he's like, all right, yeah, I'm just going to come. And that was like another big trip for us because there was a couple in 13, we had the Mania, and then that summer, me, Brad, and Poirier went to Ring of Honor mm-hmm. at, in Providence, which was like an awesome. It was a big TV taping. They had the tur- oh yeah, this was going on. Uh, but I remember we saw Cole, and he was just starting to get hot at that point. And we're all over the TV. That's when we sat by the entrance, <laughs> uh, and they finally kicked us out. But we're like all over the TV for that. But then, yeah, we went to Pittsburgh. That was again like the first real big post Mania like group meetup. But Scott didn't come to that, right? No, Scott didn't come to that. And you were, like, ridiculously sick. Yeah, that was the stomach virus trip. <laughs> that was yeah. So uh, I and, don't even know how I made it. I look like a skeleton in those Ring of Honor pictures. <laughs> I don't know how I even pulled, my, pulled myself together to get to that show. If it wasn't for uh, Kevin, I probably would have missed it. Yeah, uh, Chad, I, this guy, one of my favorite memories of Chad is the two of us were just sitting together at the show and we're just like looking at the, everyone who was around, like you're like, they're dying, like, just like, you know, just trying and like, boy, it was like, uh, in love with, uh, Hanson. Hanson. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. uh, and, and they're just like, what, do, what have we gotten ourselves into? <laughs> Oh, it was great. That was a great trip. And Brad yeah. was at that one. Um, Jordan. Jordan. Yep. Jordan was at that one. Claire. Um, yeah, that was a, that was a super fun time. And that man. Yeah. I, I, Flanagan saved me because I mean, I was laid up all day. You guys went and hung out mm-hmm. and then he came back and I'm like, I'm going to try. And he helped. I mean, he literally like carried me to that show. Like, I don't know how we even we walked and I don't know how it was freezing too, snowing. And somehow he walked me all the way to that. Beautiful day, yeah. Of honor show, um, 
just a husk. <laughs> like I think I ate some Pringles or something, like just to get through. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, I was I was washed out, but I, I feel better. I think I I ate something hearty at, at the Rumble. I finally pulled it together for that. Yeah. yeah but no, I mean, it, show. yes, yeah, and well, we went to back to back. Did you come to Philly too? I forget. No, no, I no. wasn't able to. So yeah, we went to back to back, just like insane. Those are like two of the most like controversial pay per views in company right. history. So um, cra- crazy thing, I you know that was CM Punk's last match, right? Yes. Yep. So I went to All Out this past year. CM Punk's next match, his first match. Right. Yeah, so I saw the his last and the first bookends. match. Yeah. And then there's always a lost show, man, that will never never get back. Um, double or nothing, 2020. <sighs> yeah. And I feel like we, yeah, there's no no way to get that set up again. We, I mean, we had it all lined up. Me, you, Roger, Charlie. Was Charlie going to come with us? I forget. I think so. Yeah. And then Ben. Ben got us to hook up. We were all right because go. yeah, um, the pay per view before was Revolution, which was February 29th, ninth, two thousand twenty. So about two weeks before everything shut down. Right. And by sheer um, just luck, the hotel that that I got was the same as the entire roster. Mm-hmm. And so we had already figured out that that was going to work. So I ran into Christopher Daniels, who, you know, was helping us with that. And I was like, oh, my God, thank you so much. You know, we will, you know, we'll see you in a couple of months. And then, you know, everything shut down. <sighs> yeah, that's the trip. The trip lost the time that, that Vegas 40th birthday trip that we had planned out was going to mm-hmm. be. Uh, now, that would have been awesome. Like just to, I mean, AEW is just taken off, too. Like that would have been such a cool thing oh yeah part yeah of. you know we have really set it up um i'm gonna we're gonna run that trip back at some point we're gonna we're gonna do it it won't be the same we won't get the double or nothing but we'll no. run, run the vegas group trip back and and there's not gonna be where after the pay-per-view the in almost the entire roster is sitting <sighs> in the the hotel bar and allowing you to like here here's orange cassidy hey like well i remember too like i mean we were probably just delusional but I don't think we gave up on that trip for a while because remember early on, it was kind of like, Oh, by may, like we'll be back. Everything will be fine. You know, like it was just shut down for a few weeks and because they were even talking about rescheduling mania for like July at one yep. point or June. Um, so I don't think we gave up on that Vegas trip until like into may when it was mm-hmm. obvious that like shit was going to stay closed for a while. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I, I don't know if I even ever got all of the credit back for the the flight. It was so depressing. I was like, who gives yeah. a shit? <laughs> yeah, I got the hotel back immediately. Um, all right, we yeah. can't end on this depressing note. Um, favorite live show you've ever been to? Oh, God. Um, that's a tough question because uh, it depends on are we Not talking? the best. Not the best. Your favorite. Your personal oh, my... favorite. Um, I, I think it's that Royal Rumble in Pittsburgh because... The, you know, meeting you and me, like meeting all these people in person mm-hmm. for the first time. And then like, then I really like, I always felt part of everything, but then right. I really felt part of everything Um, to like, I have such fond memories of it that anytime I'm watching a baseball game in Pittsburgh, I can see the hotel that I stayed at. Cause I stayed mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, it, it was like the Marriott and it has a very particular shape uh, in, in right center field. Um, and that day that it snowed, 
in between Royal Rumble or before Royal Rumble, like I went walking through the stadium, like you can walk through the like center field wall and went to like yes. the Andy Warhol museum and stuff like that. So like I, I like probably every time I'm like watching like Cubs versus Pirates or something like that, I'll like, to, oh, yeah, I stayed at that hotel right there. Yeah, yeah, we know that. Um, but yeah, I, I would say that one for for sure. And you know, even looking back, it wasn't even that bad of a pay per view. It was controversial, but it was it was more bad because of um, this this person on the screen. <laughs> right. And, yeah, just the chaos that came with it. Mm-hmm. The um, yeah, and there's still like some really cool pictures, like the treasure for that trip, like the one of me, you, and Jordan, mm-hmm. and then me, Brad, and Chad kind of did that that picture, and then the cool group one. You know, Roger with the Batista shirt, Claire, like, <laughs> give him so the finger or whatever. Getting a Batista <laughs> shirt. It's all he wanted. Um, yeah, and he bucketed the fucking Daughters of the Ultimate Warrior, but it was the Usos or whatever. Um, <laughs> no, nah, yeah, just a great. I mean, it was, even though I was sick for half of it, it was a great trip. But actually, I mean, it was a big PC game that day, too. I watched it in a haze. They beat Xavier, I believe. I, it was at the dunk, but we were there. Um, I remember Chad came in the room, and I was like, under the covers, like dying. He's like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, dude, I'm just like puking my freaking guts out in the bathroom. Awful. I remember laying on that cold hotel floor, just wanting to die. And being like, if death came for me right now, I'd accept it. Like, like that's where it was. That's how bad that, that was. Um, all right. So what's the best show you've seen then? Like if you had a rank, like, okay, I was at this show live and everyone would be like, oh shit, you were there. Like, what's that show? I think this past All Out show is all around the best wrestling show I've ever been at. Right. Um, it's too current to, you know, really say that. But uh, like the like CM Punk's first match, like Danielson coming out, Cole coming out, like mm-hmm. every like the. Uh, all right. Lucha so before Bucks before Cage last match. year, what was the best? <laughs> before <show? laughs> last year, also that was another part. It was you know the first show back. Mm-hmm. Um, Revolution was it? Uh, like if I'm going back into the past. Man, it's it's tough. I've seen so many like small like Ring of Honor and indie type shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I I'd have to just say overall that the New Orleans like evolve um, that whole series of shows in New Orleans that had yeah like Keith Lee and Matt Riddle and Z- like every single person who's now big mm-hmm. like. A Darby Allen, Austin Theory, no, um, <laughs> uh, Zach Sabier, Osprey, like, right. and to be able to meet all of them, it was just like I'm a full grown man, but in mm-hmm. like, and and then meeting a bunch of people that I had never met before, like Todd Weber, like I hung out with him all week, um, uh, seeing Pete Schermacher for the first mm-hmm. time, uh, just just all that, and like being able to like talk with walter of all people for a while and it's like wow this is the nicest guy um that that was probably like some of the greatest shows from top to bottom and that's the cool setup about how new orleans was because you know like i said i mentioned i met coco met gangrel like yeah because the way it's set up there's so many wrestlers and uh, just walking around Mm -hmm. you know bourbon street and downtown like you just kept running into random people because you're out everywhere walking yeah, and and then and and what's so great about and one of the reasons is kind of go full circle why I picked a show like this is 
that's what made me really fall back in love with wrestling because right. now like I know like Todd Weber got to hang out with Keith Lee and that was the weekend he got signed to WWE and Todd was like said he was the nicest guy like mm-hmm. he was so happy because he knew he got signed he just like bear hugged Todd didn't, you know, right. they don't even know right. each other uh, like Todd right. knows Tim Thatcher I think from um, something and then so now you see like Keith Lee like he becomes the NXT champion mm-hmm. he gets called up we won't talk about Bearcat um, now he's in AEW like and you know like hey this is a cool guy this is a really nice guy and right. now I get to see him um, like Walter like yeah. wait I'm supposed to charge to take pictures and sign autographs no I'm not doing that who would ever charge to take a picture with someone right <laughs> like yeah it's just the coolest thing the um so favorite of all time danielson uh danielson savage um were probably my my two favorites uh ever because you know danielson another guy that I got to meet in this time period of the show we watched and just an absolute sweetheart like uh probably someone who could also turn into a nightmare at a moment's notice but uh yeah um yeah danielson just a guy that keeps reinventing himself like going back to what he started and savage is just right the best i like i can watch a one minute squad like if you gave me like a jobber match with him right now i'd be so happy yeah he's the best mm-hmm. because no one ever no one else mixed i mean made danielson's the closest to mix the athleticism the magnetism the command of the ring and the depth of storytelling yeah no one in history has more emotional feuds than Randy Savage. Nobody. Nope. And it's not. No. Nope. Cl- I don't think it's even close. Yeah. People are lucky I, if they get one of what he had. And you know what's what's absolutely wild about it? Like I, I went to the grocery store like a couple weeks ago, and there was a Slim Jim container, like new with a whole new Randy Macho Man Savage design on it. You don't even see that with Hogan. You know, for many reasons, but like people like, you know, if my mom, my grandma probably knows who Randy Macho Man Mm -hmm. Savage is. My kids have never seen him and they know who he is. Right. Uh, Yeah. Just someone. And didn't even really do much besides wrestling and Slim Jim commercials. (laughs) Spider-Man. Yeah. But yeah, no one knows him from that. No, uh, there might be some that, you know, if you said Bonesaw from that Spider-Man mm-hmm. or whatever. But yeah, no, you're right. It's mostly um, from wrestling. I mean, he's just iconic. What is your favorite match of all time? If I said, Steve, like, oh, I'm going to give you a one DVD. You're going to so be stuck the, in the dark so room. with this stuff. <laughs> you got it. Um, you pick one match right now. It would have to be something long. Man, this is tough. Uh, the the first things that popped in my head were like like a Flair and Steamboat match. I know that. Oh, mm-hmm. you know what? Bret and Stone Cold. Uh, the WrestleMania 13. Because I was that was I was at that show, and that was my first Mania. It was the first like, um, and I've rewatched that several times. And being in the building, and just feeling. Like my friends and I joked, we were the ones that started the Stone Cold chance. Like everyone probably says that. Um, but being in the building and just seeing that match, like right. Brett slowly turn and Austin slowly turn, it was, you know, it, it was quite literally a change in professional wrestling at that show, despite the rest of it just, just sucking. 
<laughs> so that's going to be the best match you've seen live then. Yeah, I would say um, that one. I saw one of the, C- the CM Punk Samoa Joe hour draws. Um, I've seen the last couple of years. I've seen Meltzer's match of the year by sheer luck, like the um, Bucks versus Lucha Brothers, and then the year before was Omega and Page versus the Young Bucks. But I mean, in terms of sh- sheer like historical, it's mm-hmm. got to be Austin and Hart. What's your favorite podcast you've ever done? Oh God, uh, close ends and headlines for sure. Naturally, naturally. Yeah, it's it's such a like when I think of like my prestige shows that we've done. Mm-hmm. Like, and I know it sounds stupid to say, but like I always felt that was it's like so so lost the time now. But like I feel like me, you, and Nate, and all of our guests like poured a ton into that show. Like, and it was so such good chemistry, and I just loved the willingness. Like, I think we haven't ever had anything else like it. Where mm-hmm. we had like all these different correspondents that specialized in different things that would pop on, you know, different segments had different guests. We'd rotate in hosts. You know, Glenn stepped in a lot, like to help yeah. out. And then my favorite all time, and Pete, Pete Schumacher will remind you every time, um, where like I w- I think I was out, but I was recording, so I was listening. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, Nate. I think like Nate's internet shit out, and it was Pete had a lead um stutzy through the end of the episode oh yeah about uh mid-atlantic and he yep. like just crushed it and then wrapped up the show without like <laughs> any direction it was like so cool to and he'll remind me every time i see him about it um <laughs> i always like the the live watches too that we did of like um you know like the 93 raws and stuff and and the yes. nitros those were pretty fun too um because they're so easy right Right. just like what we're doing right now we just like watch this shit and laugh at it um but man like one of the things i was most proud of was uh i am almost 100 percent positive we did the first interview of christopher daniels after he won the roh Mm -hmm. title yes I, i believe it was like the monday after and in that half hour I mean, there's part of it like I, had, I remember I had one question going in like because he, he's he's 51 mm-hmm. right now and I had just turned 40 I want to say and I'm like he's in great shape he's like doing moonsaults and stuff and I'm like how are you doing this I, I honestly had it wasn't like I want to get this hot wrestling question like I honestly wanted to know like I'm <laughs> right. gaining weight I have kids it's getting really hard like how are you doing this and then all of a sudden he started opening up not really as much about that um because he's like yeah i don't have to work out as much anymore because i you know i don't want to take you know you know i'm taking all these bumps so i'm getting the workouts there and then he starts going and talking about his like his other job on the air about being a stunt person mm-hmm. um which i've never heard him talk about or right. read anything about he was like on the way to universal studios in california to do like moonsaults off of like pirate things or something like that uh, and, and that was just really cool one that we had the that first access and that was all you know shout out to ben morris mm-hmm. but it was just like an actual conversation between you know two people like this as opposed to right an um, interview oh uh, yeah hot wrestling interview let's try to get some scoops out of the person yeah and that was always my approach on ptb too when we did the interviews like and i always used to say that up front like we're not trying to gut you we're not trying to get into shoot stuff like we were just always more interested about 
their thoughts on wrestling. And I think when we had Daniels on PTB, we even asked him stuff like, oh, if you had to rebook the invasion, what would you have done? You know, like we we did mm-hmm. stuff like that versus us talking about his career. So, yeah, like to me, that's always been way more interesting than just, you know, well, what so-and-so say behind the scenes and like this type of shit. Uh, like, it was, yeah. I see some really like three hour long shoot interviews, like videos where they just had the camera, like professional ones too. They just right. had the camera in the person's face and like, okay, and then you did this. And then you did this. Tell us about this. Right. Snore. Yeah. Without a doubt. Well, hopefully this wasn't a snore, uh, Steve Willie. It, it's been a blast spending this last yeah. almost 90 minutes together. We have to do it more often yet again. Uh, we'll, we'll let the year go by on Skype next time Jesus. before we talk. Um, anything you want to plug, though, before we wrap? Oh, yeah. I'm doing the, the main event every other week with, with Nate and Scott. Like, current wrestling, we also go back and watch some old TNA. Scott's been trying to get us to do some Ring of Honor stuff. Um, but I'm, I'm waiting till Tony repays me $50. And if you <laughs> listen to the main event, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, like if you want to go back, uh, last year I did some podcasts called Feeling Good for Now, like during COVID, um, that were really cathartic. Um, Podbean just renewed for myself, so I should probably <laughs> maybe start doing something again because uh, I just got charged $100 uh, auto-renew that I didn't realize was auto-renew. So yeah, those were fun to go back and yeah, just have fun, make stuff. That's it. Create a way, and that's what we do here at North South Connection. Tons of content every day, literally, with Cronoso Daily and beyond. Um, that I've been super proud of. Everyone who does the shows and takes the time, puts a ton of effort in, and um, but, but do it in a fun way too. Like it's never stressful. Everyone hits the mark, and everyone seems to enjoy doing it. And if they don't, then they move on to something else. And that's been a kind of the way we've. Uh, run things over here over the last now going to a year three um, really excited to have wrestling Warzone back with Chad having him back in the saddle uh, where it's been a lot of fun getting back at that uh, as well so be sure to check out everything we have to offer and otherwise continue to stay connected I'm my destination.